Welcome to the Your House, My House podcast. Our goal is to create a safe space for conversation, like like talking talking to your your best friends. Friends that have your back, that are encouraging, and that challenge you to not only improve your life, but yourself. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Your House, My House podcast. My name is Madison. I'm Priscilla. And we are so happy that you are here listening to us. And we are so excited um, to dive into today's podcast topic, which is going to be all things OCD. Um, Oh my gosh, I have a million and one things that I could say about this topic. I'm going to do my very darndest to make it short and sweet um, and not get too carried away because when I say this, I think I have hours of conversation about this. I really probably have hours of conversation about this. Um, So I guess let's get started. Um, And Priscilla, for you, what is OCD to you? Um, Is it something that you were ever diagnosed with? Um, what does it look like for you? That kind of thing. Do you know? Yeah, um, I have a couple interesting, I am not diagnosed with OCD. Um, I have a couple interesting, like my very first, like, I think time meeting someone who was severely OCD um, was when I was 17 working in my very first job at a nursing home. And, um, there was this woman, um, I'm not going to say her name, obviously. I don't know if she's alive or not yet, but, um, but there was this woman who had OCD and it was just so irritating um and I hate to say that um but as my <laughs> first encounter with OCD okay um, irritating yes I was just so irritated everything like we did have a lot of time and uh, part of it is to understand like in the nursing home like you have 15-20 minutes with a person 20 minutes is like extra long um, in nursing home, you know, or whatever. And that's when you're putting them to bed, you have 20 minutes to put 15 or 20 minutes to put them to bed, maybe even less, depending on how many people are on that, on staff that day. So, um, this woman would suck up ginormous amounts of our time because she'd be like, Oh no, you can't have my teeth next to this or whatever. Like everything had to be just so, so, um, and her feet pillows. I was, so irritated by those like <laughs> little booties and then they had to be hanging over the cushions and if you didn't have the pillows just so or something she'd be so upset oh and like gosh. it was another thing is it was hard for her to like talk sometimes yep um because I don't think OCD is the only thing especially when you're aging um and so what would really get on my nerves is like she would know if you were like getting frustrated and then she would kind of like just stop and then as soon as you were gone she would yell your name through the nursing home and so and then one of my coworkers, um bobby taught her like she was like call for priscilla call for priscilla 
I was like, oh, I hate you, Bobby. Not, I hate, not, not, um, not the lady with OCD. I do not hate the lady with OCD, but it was very frustrating and I could not understand it, especially in a time crunched environment. This woman had needs that, you know, we could not meet, that we were not meeting. It would probably be very different if she was like in home health care. And then um, I think OCD is in my family. It's not, I haven't been diagnosed with that, but I think it exists. And I don't, um, like my mother, I think like she had maybe like tendencies, but she had like tendencies of a lot of things. Um, So, and then also I think more recently, um, like say the rapper NF, has spoken yeah, about yeah, having OCD. Yeah. Um, I think there are people coming out and speaking about it. I don't even remember what it was. I wish I could remember the person that it was, but it was some male actor who like severely struggled with OCD, was married and had kids. And he did an interview. I can't remember. It was several years ago. And he did an interview and he talked about how his OCD and like managing it really got in the way of him being a father um, and all the things that he was going through. And I wish I could remember the name of the guy who did it. But I remember watching that interview and I was like, he really humanized, you know, from my very first experience of like, oh my gosh, what is driving this woman crazy? I can't spend another minute taking care of her to um, like seeing someone talk about it in like that way. Um, and even, even in the nursing home, like knowing that it wasn't something she could control, but still not getting why, like these little things yeah. were so important to her. Yeah. So um, I think now, I think when people talk about any type of mental health or mental health stigma, they remove some of the stigma. They, I don't want to say normalize it because I don't really like to be completely normalized, but I think they make it more possible for someone who doesn't have it to have empathy. Exactly. Um, And so I think that changes the conversation and the dynamics around it. So, yeah. And I have my own, I'm very curious what you're going to say. Um, I have no, like, physical, like, I guess you could call them, like, maybe ticks. I don't have to have things color-coordinated. I can. I can be really anal when I want to. But if it changes the next day or whatever, like, with my closet, like, sometimes I organize it by color. Other times I organize it by type. There's no, it. so another thing that irritated me, especially after I met the woman when I was 17 in the nursing home, it irritated me when people would be like, oh, I'm I'm also OCD. I'm like, you're not even OCD. You don't Don't even, right. You don't even know. Don't even. Yeah. Like, and they would try to brush something perfectly normal off. They're, like their discomfort with it by claiming that it was like they were OCD and I was like this is not no one should use that phrase unless you actually have it in my opinion 
Um, but yeah, so I have, I know you've talked and I'm very curious what you're going to say, but you've talked about intrusive thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and that feels like something that I could step into. That feels like something that I've dealt with, but some of that I'm like, I don't know that that's OCD. I think that's trauma. Yeah. So I'm just very curious to like talk all, all the things with you. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, um, Priscilla just talked about intrusive thoughts and OCD, I like to say is kind of divided into two sections. So you have visible OCD where you still have like intrusive thoughts, but you, um, do things about it. So for example, for people who are super organized or like crazy cleaning, their brain will have intrusive thoughts about this, 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 and this, or they will literally be bothered by something being out of place. Um, and it has to quickly be changed. So there's always kind of like an action that follows through with it. There is two for, um, the other kind of OCD is called pure OCD. Um, there is two with pure OCD, kind of like a follow through, but not in the, not in, not usually in a visible way. Um, so for pure OCD, basically it's full bore, um, intrusive thoughts that not necessarily you would, um, show, you know, it's not where like, I'm going to go and obsessively clean my house. Um, it could be thoughts ranging from like, I've heard people would get these intrusive thoughts about them, like, like harming somebody and they will like literally replay it and replay it. And it just, it can't go away. Um, there's so many things it can range from. It can come on at any time in your life. And, um, usually it ties in with anxiety and it just, it, it creates this super huge, um, kind of tornado going on in your head. Um, so for me back when I was, I was 13 at the time. Cause I was turning, no, I was 14 at the time. I was going to be turning 15. Um, I randomly one day was down in Madison with my parents. We were moving my mom's um, youngest brother, who was eight years older than me, fun fact. Um, we were moving my uncle out of his college, one of his college apartments, and into like a nicer apartment. And the day was fine. I felt fine. I've always struggled with anxiety, so that was nothing new. Um, but we were on our way home, and out of nowhere, like my, I, I went into full blown panic attack mode. I did not know what was going on with me. My mom, I don't think really knew what was going on with me. We, I was in the car with my entire family, my grandparents included my aunt and uncles. And like, I just had this instant panic attack and I could not explain it. I felt like I was having a heart attack. Like I was, I couldn't catch my breath. My anxiety just skyrocketed. Um, and I'm trying to even remember what the thought was that popped into my head. Um, maybe it was something about a car accident, like us possibly getting in a car accident. And like, I could not, it would replay it. Like I could not shut it off. Um, that's the best way for me to describe it. It was like, there was this tornado that was swirling in my brain 
and spitting out all these crazy intrusive thoughts at me that I rationally can talk about now and know that they were not real or true. Um, but at the time, nothing anybody could tell me, nothing I could say to myself were, were able to physically take the switch and turn them off. Um, and I got home that night and I was like, I don't know what's going on. I was like, so uh, such a hot mess. Um, and I was so worked up and I felt like I was dying because my panic attack and then you add all the anxiety and worry. It's, it was horrible. Um, so that night started what's, yeah, that night started a long, super, yeah, super duper long mental health journey for me that I never imagined I would be on. Um, and this ironically was following, this is what I think is really crazy in a Christian's Christian perspective. Um, obviously mental health hits anybody. This could have hit me at any time. I still struggle with it to this day. Um, and this was almost 10 years ago when this happened to me. Um, but the week literally before my very first panic attack episode and OCD episode, I was on a mission trip to, we were down in Nashville, mm. serving people through church down in Nashville. It was one of the most, if not the most life-changing experiences in my life. I felt the closest to God that I've ever felt in my life. Um, so just on this high in my faith. And then literally the following Saturday is when I had my first like, um, mental health break. So I always kind of wonder like, ah, oh, you know, was that, was that God testing me to see if I could hang on to it even when life gets really crazy or was it the devil being upset with me for being on this high in my faith? And like, he had to throw this bomb at me to like, you know, distract me and get me off the Island that I was on. I don't know. Um, but I always found that to be super curious, like in terms of timing, uh, but yeah, after that, I probably struggled um, tremendously with my OCD, with my peer OCD for, I would say, it probably took a good like six months for me to fully be normal again. Um, the first two months were the most horrible and rough because every single day, I would have a panic attack and these just intrusive thoughts would tornado my brain and I could not physically do anything. I literally could not go hang out with a friend. I couldn't go and sit and watch TV. And that's the thing with OCD. You literally just cannot shut it off. Um, so yeah, I ended up um, seeing a therapist, which was super helpful. And then um all during this time I couldn't sleep in my own bedroom anymore because like nighttime was the worst for me um I'd always have to do like meditation videos to get my body to just even calm down for me to sleep um I had a prayer book sitting next to me every single night and I would read I had all these oh my gosh the irony hold on one second um it's right next to my bed and the tabs are funnily still in it. Um, I had this prayer book that I got for my confirmation. Um, and I literally every night I would go through the entire, I tabbed them all 
this is just half. I took, I think four of them out. Um, and I would go through and I would read every single tab prayer. I had this whole ritual that I would have to do before I was even able to come down enough to go to sleep. And I was sleeping in my parents' bedroom on their floor because um, I couldn't sleep by myself. It was horrible. Um, so, yeah, I um, the light kind of came to me at the end of the tunnel when I started high school. And uh, my brain was distracted a little bit. And I met Jordan. Um, I prayed that God would give me, like just something to make it go away. And ironically, I started high school and I met my now soon to be husband. So, um, yeah, it, it, I still have it to this day. Um, lately it's been about events that have happened to me and things like I will literally replay these events in my brain over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, till there is you, there's nothing left for, <laughs> um, like the film has run out. Like it's literally replayed itself over and over and over mm -hmm. and I can't shut it off. I can't shut it off. I can't shut it off. That is exactly what I tell Jordan. Like, I just can't make it stop. I can't make it go away. Every time I close my eyes, I see, I see it. You know what I mean? Um, but he's so helpful. He, I think at, after eight years or almost eight years, um, knows my triggers he knows how to calm me down when I'm in an episode um and yeah he's just he's truly a godsend to me and um it's a fun time it's a fun time uh what else did I want to add quick with pure OCD um things that a lot of people do which is a big one for me is constantly seeking the reassurance from others um, that what you're thinking about is not real or it will not happen. Um, so I did that a lot in the beginning. My mom, I would constantly ask her, this isn't real, right? Or this isn't going to happen. She would tell me, no, Maddie, or it's not, it's okay. Like, um, and I would do it. I would do that probably over a hundred times a day. Um, because her telling me, no, Maddie, it's okay. Or, you know, did help me in some sense to calm down. And that is one of the number one things that people with pure OCD do is seek reassurance from others. Um, i trying to think if there's any other ones that I did. Avoiding places, avoiding triggers. That's a big one too. Um, engaging in superstitious behaviors in an effort to prevent bad things from happening, <laughs> um, which is me um, every night, most nights before bed, I will literally, I have like four different prayer books and I have to read them all. I have to read each one because then I feel like if I don't read each one, um, I'm setting myself up for some bad juju the next day. It's so stupid. It's super irrational. I can, I like, I know that talking out loud, but in the moment I have to do it. And if I don't do it, then I feel like the next day there will be something bad that happens to me. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Do you have any questions? Like, is there anything you're curious about or want to know? Um, yeah, I would love to, especially during those first few days of your being diagnosed, I would love to know, like, um, 
how your family reacted um, and what I know you mentioned your mom reassuring you mm-hmm. was um, helpful, but were there any other things that were helpful? And I know that every person's um, with any type of mental health or any type of physical health, um, every person's experience can be different, but I'm just curious, like what was helpful for you? And it, another one, was there something that someone said that was like harmful or hurtful? Um, so it probably took me a good two weeks to get an official like diagnosis. Um, within the, I think the first three days, like when I tell you, I literally couldn't do anything. I literally would sit in my bedroom on the floor and kind of like rock myself back and forth. And I would just cry 24 seven. I could not get my brain to stop, you know, to stop the tornado that was literally swirling at me. And obviously um, that was very concerning for my parents because I literally went from being such a happy-go-lucky, always doing stuff with my friends to where I couldn't do a single thing. I couldn't even turn the TV on. Um, so I went in, um, talked to my pediatrician who grew up with me and, um, she recommended I go and see a therapist, but she did tell me that, um, from what it sounds like, like you are suffering with an anxiety disorder and pure OCD. So I got referred for a therapist And my therapist confirmed both of those things for me. So I got diagnosed with both pure OCD and an anxiety disorder. And I was put on medication. um, And, you know, things kind of started to look up. I think having my therapist as a outlet of somebody to talk to was super helpful for me. It was able for me to kind of get the crazy thoughts out of my head and, um, you know, just get them out of my body. It felt like for me, truly, it felt like somebody else, something else had taken over my body, my thoughts, my old way of living. And I was like, just gone. The person that I once was, was gone. Um, it sounds so insane, but that's truly how it felt for me the first two, three months. Um, so yeah, just being able to, I always like looking back, thinking of it, I always, um, would tell my therapist, I just wish somebody could like go into my brain with like a vacuum and like suck out, suck out all of my, all the thoughts in my head because, I didn't know how to get rid of them on my own. And I would just always like think about that. I just wish somebody could literally take like a section and just suck all of the crazy thoughts off of my head. Um, So yeah, I did a lot of journaling. Um, She recommended me like writing them all out in a journal. And I believe, hold on one second. I think I have it next to me. I do. Yeah. So I had this journal that was given to me for, I think my 13th birthday. Um, and this was like truly my, 
saving grace in so many ways. Um, yeah, that this was back in like 2012. So insane. Um, yeah, I would journal a lot. That was super duper helpful for me. And I want to see if I can find, um, there was a point where I, here it is. Okay. So here's where my crazy stuff starts. Okay. I literally drew this in my journal. This is literally how my brain felt. Here's me. I had this little tornado and all these words are like just spitting at me. And, um, yeah, so she would recommend me journaling, like, five things that make me happy, and then I'd have to go through and, like, journal them. Um, that, she like, would also, that picture, like, breaks my heart, like, oh, yeah. the little it, stick figure with, like, the little tears, mm-hmm. and then, like, oh, that's so sad. That's literally how I, how it felt for me. Um, another thing she recommended me doing was so like, for example, say like one of my intrusive thoughts was you're going to die in this car today. Um, you would write that intrusive thought out, cross it out. You will not, you know, like um, it's, you will be okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Other ones that you like, just journaling about things that I liked, things that may not be. Um, like one of my topics was, why do you like to go skiing? Why does skiing make you excited? And so I would like do this whole paragraph on why I like to go skiing. Um, and those were distractions for me. Those were huge, awesome distractions. Um, so yeah, it's, um, crazy looking back at this because it was really, really uh, insane journey for me. It took me a good probably two full years um, to fully move on from you know those types of intrusive thoughts. Like I said, I still I still have episodes today. Um, I actually just had one like a month ago um, and they always come at night for me. Nighttime is the worst and then I will obsessively um cry for probably a good hour and a half and then I eventually my body is able to calm down and I can sleep in peace um but I'm trying to think of what else you asked me I guess like yeah um my mom was also diagnosed with anxiety and OCD at my age um she went through a time, I think, in her life where she struggled tremendously also with her mental health. Um, so she was able to relate to me. I think my dad, um, I mean, they were, they were both very concerned. Um, I think they were concerned for how bad it got. And, um, you know, I was sleeping on the floor in their room for three months. Um, I mean, both of my parents struggle with anxiety, so in that aspect, they could understand, but they're concerned because they've never, I mean, it's your child literally (laughs) crying every day and having panic attacks every day. I can only imagine how um, afraid they were for me. Um, 
but they were super I mean they were super good with me they were super good with getting me to calm down um helping me watch meditation videos every single night to get my body to calm down um they put in the effort that was needed for me and um for that I truly applaud them for um what other questions was there the other question I had kind of like on the opposite side so there's like helpful but then I'm also curious about anything that was like hurtful or harmful now this could be from like something specific someone said to like even as broad as cultural like what you see in society and towards people with OCD um I think in terms of like on a society level, a lot of people just don't have the proper like education on what it really truly is. Um, A good portion of people do struggle and suffer with pure OCD, the hardcore, heavy, intrusive thoughts. And until you physically go through it yourself, um, it's so hard to explain because when you are not in an episode like right now I'm talking about it. I can rationalize talking about it. I could tell you that those thoughts that I was having were irrational. Um, In the moment for the person struggling, they are not irrational. They are very, very real. And it's hard to fully understand that for people um, unless you physically have been through it yourself. So I think just um, having that understanding, like, Um, it may not be real for you, but it's super real for this person. Um, and just truly be there as a support. Um, I know that's what I needed when I was going through it. I just needed people to know like, Hey, I may not understand what you're going through, but like, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. Um, that was super huge for me because I really did feel lost and lonely and alone. Um, on a personal level, I feel like kind of tying in with the same thing. Like a lot of my friends didn't really get it for a long time um, because I stopped going to things. Um, I I couldn't even like go to a sleepover without having a panic attack, um, you know, and that was not like me. I was always doing those things. Um, and so for my friends at that point, they didn't really get it. They didn't understand, like, you know, what's wrong with Maddie? Um, I had one episode where I was at the outlet malls in Oshkosh, and I had an episode in the store, and I was with one of my best friends at the time, and my mom was with one of her best friends at the time, and I, like, had to physically leave the store. I had to get out of the store and go in the car. And I was just, we ended up leaving like right after that. And I remember my friend just kind of being like, what, like what just happened? (laughs) Like, um, and it's hard for me to rationally talk to her about it because, you know, she didn't understand. So yeah, I just think, um, there wasn't anything anybody said to me that was super rude or disrespectful, but I do feel like for some people, you know, they just simply don't understand it. They're not educated on it. Um, and they don't understand how something could be something so not true or not real or rational mm-hmm. could be something so real for me. So, yeah. yeah. 
No, that may, I mean, that makes total sense. I think yeah. whether it's intrusive thoughts or people having to do um, certain things like counting, like counting cracks or yeah. something on a sidewalk yeah. or something like that. Like it's a reality that doesn't exist for someone else. So they're like, what is this? You know? Yeah, it's, it's truly crazy. It, it really is truly crazy. My journey with it has been a journey mm-hmm. for sure. Um, at least, I guess for you, it sounds like you're able to at times step out of it. Like right now you're in a place where you can like talk about it. And in the beginning, like I said, it probably took me around six months. I was doing pretty good. Um, I would say it was almost back to where I was beforehand. I would still get episodes, not as often as before. Um, but I would still get episodes a lot. Like it wasn't like it was something that would just totally shut off and go away. It took me probably a good two years to stop getting episodes every other day, um, or every three days or, you know, once a week, mm-hmm. um, I did learn breathing strategies from my therapist. That was super helpful and just like calming me, me down. Um, you know, there were things given to me as tools that were super helpful. Um, but I mean, you know, now that I'm in a healthy place, um, it does make it easier to talk about because like, I can rationalize, you know, that mm-hmm. the thoughts I had aren't accurate or real you know so how will you like deal with this going forward into your life I know you said that your therapist had given you some techniques that you can use um but and I don't know if OCD is similar to depression in this way um but with depression you can be triggered at different events and different stages in your life like one thing that I'm terrified of is becoming a mother Agreed. Um, and if that will trigger something mm-hmm. within me so um I guess what are your coping strategies currently and obviously we can't predict the future we don't know like when our next bad mental health crisis will be okay. but like how are you like going to in the best to your best of your knowledge like um cope with whatever comes your way um so that's a good one because there's there I would say my biggest like OCD obsession right now is um like losing family members Mm. um and this started for me back in college. For some reason, it spiked up like when I moved out of moved into my college dorm my freshman year. Um, I don't know it. It scares me a little bit because I feel like I haven't really um, like I've talked to a therapist before about it. Um, but it is kind of one of those things that I've. I just kind of put on the back burner um mostly because like 
I don't like thinking about it, um, but it is something that I struggle with a lot. And if I get my brain on the track, I will like, I get panic attacks about it. I'll have a, I get an episode about it. I know what my triggers are. Um, but yeah, it's just this, like in terms of what that looks like for me, it's just this like heavy weight of not being able to bear um, like losing one of my parents or my sister or Jordan or even my grandparents um, and knowing that that day will come at some point that I will have to go through, you know, mm-hmm. one of those things. And it scares me um, how I'll cope with it. Um, Cause I spiraled downhill a little bit um, back in college, my start of my freshman year and um, had to put my dog down a couple yeah. months before I moved out. And like that pain of losing my dog was so horrible for me that it, the intrusive thought of, Oh, you're this hurt by your dog. Just imagine how painful it will be when you lose a parent. Mm. And like, it took me years to fully heal um from that one loss you know so that's kind of my truth that that's all right now um I I, it scares me as well like becoming a mom my mom suffered from um postpartum depression um and I'm like my mom in so many ways it's insane um so it scares me that I too will suffer from postpartum depression and my anxiety already is so bad about keeping everyone safe and keeping everybody um together and um just wanting to protect everyone not wanting anything bad to happen to any of those I love and so I can't even fathom what that's going to be like when I have my own child Uh, Lord help me now. Um, But yeah, I think it's hard. Like I was talking about, it just kind of pops on for you. Um, But there are certain triggers that may, you know, if you know certain triggers, um, it's helpful to know uh, when something could be coming on. Yeah. That death one is like, even like hearing you talk about that, like that's... (sighs) Um, I haven't lost anyone other than like, say my horse. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't lost anyone that I'm deeply, deeply close with a few like that I've cared for, you know, old age, yeah. but like, if you're telling me that your intrusive thought is I'm going to die in a car crash today, I can probably give you stats or like, right. I remember right. when you were going on that airplane and <laughs> Remember the airplane fiasco? Yeah, that that's a that's a big one for me. That the airplane. Every time I travel now, I yeah. every single time I've traveled since then, I have a panic attack on every flight I've traveled right. on. Right, but um, there's like stats that I can tell you. Right, exactly. This, this yes. won't this won't help your car stat, but like the stat is, if you're going on an airplane, you're more likely to darn die in a car yep. than an airplane, or you know, it, it overall like. I don't know what the stat is, but people driving cars all the time. Yeah, there's car accidents, but yep. like there's more than a 50% chance probably that you're going to end up home safe. Yeah. But like death is inevitable. So like, I, I don't even know how to 
I know that's that's the thing <laughs> that like blows my mind because that's not even like an OCD like it is an OCD thought yeah but like I feel like when you talk about that like everyone can probably relate to that everyone can yeah. probably yep. feel that um that we're all going to suffer from like having loved other people but yeah so that's crazy like but hopefully none of this has like I feel like no 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 not at all um I always feel like my brain just takes it to a whole other level and extreme um it's just like yeah you worry about losing your family member but it ups- you obsessively worry about losing your family member and that is exactly what i do i obsessively 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 worry about losing mm-hmm. my family members and yeah. um yeah it's just a horrible thought to have i struggled with girls in college even before that reason like they just didn't understand why i would um, want to go home every weekend because I had this intense fear of losing them and being away and being with them, you know, calmed mm-hmm. me down. They were my stress reliever, being home, being in my environment, being in this under the same roof as my mom, my dad, and my sister calmed me down. It made me, my anxiety lessen because I knew that they were safe. Um, and I knew that nothing was going to happen to them. Same thing with Jordan. Um, yeah, (laughs) it's just this, uh, crazy, it's a crazy thing, you know, it's a crazy thing. Well, thank you for being so, um, open and vulnerable and hopefully nothing that I asked was like too triggering. Nope. I'm glad you asked them. So, yeah, thank you for sharing. I think it's really important that um, we get to hear about everyone's mental health experience if they're willing and open to share and just like destigmatize it. Yes, and that's what needs to happen. It needs to be destigmatized. It is a lot more common than I think people realize and know. So, Mm -hmm. okay, I think with that, um, we appreciate you listening. Hopefully you were able to uh relate to both of us in some form and sort and um know that if you are going through something similar we are praying for you i i can say firsthandedly through experience it does get better there is a light at the end of the tunnel no matter what your brain will say to you i promise you there is one so keep hanging on keep fighting and know that it's all gonna be okay i love that thanks guys Did this resonate with you? Subscribe to our podcast today. Talk Talk soon. soon. So your house next week? Yes, can't wait.